13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. I am joined right now by the author, Catherine Doyle. Hey, Catherine, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm grand. Thank you so much. Um, I'm, I'm especially good because I've just finished reading your brand new book, The Miracle on Ebenezer Street. And it is the first Christmas book I have read this year. So I am right now in a Christmassy mood. <laughs> I've been in a Christmassy mood for several weeks already. So welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Christmas spirit. I was going to say, did you write this like last Christmas or have you been writing this in like summer and spring? I've been writing a little bit around Christmas last year, which was great, but most of it in, in the autumn and in the spring. So basically what I did was I had like an extravagant five month Christmas where I kept my house fully decorated, Christmas songs blasting at full volume, Christmas movies on the telly, just to keep me in that kind of seasonal festive mood for as long as possible. It was great. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you at all. You might as well live your best Christmas life right exactly. now. Exactly. Um, so if people haven't guessed, uh, The Miracle on Ebenezer Street is a bit of a nod to the classic uh, Christmas Carol story. Can you tell us a bit about it? That's right. So The Miracle on Ebenezer Street um, has been published in recognition of the 150th anniversary of Charles Dickens' death. So it is a modern reimagining of A Christmas Carol. Um, but it's set in modern day London with kind of a new host of characters with lots of nods to the original story um, and it's about a 10 year old boy called George Bishop who is sort of living quite a miserable life because his father cancelled Christmas completely three years ago when his mother passed away on Christmas Eve so three years on George is really glum and really missing the festivities and sort of wishing things could change so his mischievous Irish grandmother Nana Flo sneaks him away to Winter Wonderland in Hyde Park where he stumbles upon this sort of mysterious little cabin called Marley's Christmas Curiosities and inside Marley's Christmas Curiosities, he finds this strange and enchanting snow globe, which holds a scene from a Christmas long past. Um, and it's that snow globe that sort of sets into motion these three Christmas adventures that George goes on with his father, his very grumpy uh, father and his nan to sort of try and bring the magic of Christmas back to his house. Yeah, because George, he misses his family, the other side of his family, his mum's uh, side. That's right. Yeah. So he, he when his father cancelled Christmas, he also said, you know, we're not going to go and see our cousins anymore. There's not going to be any merriment of any kind. So George became very lonely and he just desperately wants to bring his whole family back together, really, and, and, and sort of celebrate that joy of togetherness at Christmas. And that's really the the key thing that that um, that what that 
puts the magic into motion, if you will. You also mentioned his uh, Irish mischievous grandma, <laughs> Nana Flo. I had one of those as well. And oh no. boy, they get you into trouble, don't they? They mischievous grandmas. They really I do. swear. I mean, I've never met one that isn't mischievous. I'm not <laughs> saying they, they don't exist, but certainly every grandmother I'm aware of is, is mischievous. Uh, and, and Irish grannies are like particularly, oh. you know, sneaky when they need to be, usually with the biscuits and the, you know, the tea and the hot chocolate and things like yeah. that. Absolutely. She I love that she gets involved as well. Like she she tries to bring Christmas and then when she realizes that uh that there's adventure afoot, she is all aboard. Absolutely. I mean this is it. She you know, she's George is really his strongest ally. And so when she she kind of senses the magic that's going on, she doesn't want to be left out, you know, and why why should she be? I think everyone needs a, a mischievous grandparent at some point in their life to go on an adventure with. <laughs> Absolutely. It's also really interesting because you know, it's a kind of reimagining, like you say, of, of uh, Christmas Carol, but you do live a few little Easter eggs. So you've got Marley's mm-hmm. shop, uh, you've got Cratchit Close. Are there anything else in there we need to look out for? So we have um, a, a new sort of definition of the word Scrooge. So Scrooge in this case is an empty Christmas cracker, which they do happen, you know, very rarely. But when they happen, um, they're very upsetting for any for any child (laughs) so we have a few nods to things like scrooge um bell farm is where george's family are from in devon um his cousin is called bobby and tim crack and they live on cratchit close you know george lives on ebenezer street there's lots of sort of little easter eggs for for anyone who's familiar with the original story um they'll sort of feel a sense of of, of coming home in a way but it, it is in, definitely a new um twist and take on the tale yeah it really is because obviously there's been lots of different interpretations of christmas carol through the years but it's quite nice um the one thing that surprised me was i was like oh there's more than one person going on the journey and you know going away with the elf it's like the whole family get to go it's not just one person right exactly and i think with this book i wanted to write about a sort of wealth but a different kind of wealth and that's the wealth of family um, and the wealth of kind of love around you. And so what's important to me is as George tries to sort of find this wealth again, you know, he, he doesn't have to do it by himself. And he has a sort of a little crew, like his very grumbly father and his, as we said, very mischievous grandmother. And I think that's kind of the magic of it is that they all get to go together and they get to learn these lessons together. And that is the sort of bonding force that brings them back around um, to joy at the end of the book. No spoilers, but obviously it's happy ending. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of, it's nice to read a book being like, I hope, I think I know where this is going, but I'm not entirely sure. I <laughs> know, it is definitely <laughs> a happy ending. Yeah, that would be terrible yeah. if it didn't have a happy ending. <laughs> Especially for Christmas, can you imagine? I know, no, I mean, I just packed it full of magic and humour and a little bit of kind of um, heart, obviously. And then I made sure to sort of give it a, a very uplifting ending because I think we all need that right now. Oh, absolutely. I I did. You're right. It's, there's some really funny bits as well, like uh, Randolph and uh, <laughs> when when he like the elf says, um, don't talk about his brother. Like that really made me chuckle. I really enjoyed that. Yes. Randolph is <clears throat> this the purple reindeer of the story. Um, and basically he's Rudolph's estranged brother, but you cannot mention Rudolph around Randolph because it just, as you know, it, it's um, it escalates the situation. Um quite badly so yes that was he was probably one of my most fun characters to write and this is why your version is much better than the original version because the original one doesn't have any purple reindeer does it 
I know, how lame, what? Um, the original one, it's funny because I obviously, I'm really familiar with it and I read it loads before I started writing this just to make sure that it was aligned, but, you know, mm-hmm. fresh, refreshingly different. And Charles Dickens is, you know, he's really humorous. He's very, I mean, it's a different type of humor, obviously, because um, it's 150 years old, but yeah. I really wanted to bring that sense of sort of whimsy and humor into the modern, you know, the modern version of it, really sort of lean into that a little bit more. So that's, the, and the natural implication of that was, of course, a giant purple reindeer <laughs> called Randolph. Obviously. <laughs> I, w- I would have been furious had you not done that, to be honest. I, know. I would have been calling you up on it. <laughs> So uh, we sh- we should do a little quiz. We do a quiz with okay. every author who put- comes to fun yes. It's just a little quick fire round of questions, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Awesome stuff. Uh, so first up, books or Kindles? Oh, books. That smell of a book, a new book, old book, definitely books. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the right answer. Mm. Um, heroes or villains? Oh, I'd say villains. I think villains, as a writer, villains are very, very enjoyable to write. You can do a lot of moustache twirling and evil speeches. <laughs> Good reason. Uh, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, you know, I think recently I would have to go with TV adaptation. Mm, yeah, I just I like being able to to get into a full series these days. Okay, good reason. Uh, George or Fion? <gasps> <laughs> oh no, I'll say George because because it's Christmas. The new book. Yeah. <laughs> For anybody who's wondering, uh, Fionn is a character in your Stormkeeper's Island series of books, I should say. I'll say so Christmas, really... During the Christmas, it's George, <laughs> the Christmas season. Oh, good. Very diplomatic answer. Big fan of that. Uh, writing or reading? Writing. Hogwarts or Narnia? <gasps> That's really, really tough. <laughs> I think I'll say Narnia today. Not today. Good. Okay. Laptop or write by hand? Oh, laptop. You you wouldn't want to see my, my handwriting. Nobody would. <laughs> Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol or Muppet Christmas Carol? A Muppet's Christmas Carol? Yes. <laughs> I love that so much. I did sing Marley and Marley as Marley. I was uh, reading your book. I, I love it. it. It's my, it's my favourite song from the Muppet's Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh, it's a classic. A bookshop <laughs> visit or school tour? Which would you prefer? Oh, school tour. Yeah, lots of authors say that. I'm always really surprised. But I love bookshops, but I love seeing the children. Uh, do you write nine to five or when you fancy? No, I write like six to two a.m. Probably night owl. <laughs> Great. Uh, snow globe or bauble? Snow globe. Good on brand with the book. Paddington <laughs> bear or Winnie the Pooh? <gasps> Winnie the Pooh. Oh, uh, and <laughs> finally, this is the, this is the big one: uh, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Oh, salt and vinegar. Yes, that was so easy. I knew we were friends, but then that just confirmed it. That is the correct answer. Oh my goodness. I passed. You passed the t- I mean, you could literally say anything for any anything else, to be honest. It's just the crisp one that I'm not bothered about. Um, but you passed with flying colours, which means I can yes. officially, I would say, uh, promote your book. Uh, so The Miracle on Ebenezer Street is out. When's it out? It must be out super soon. It, it actually came out on the 1st of October. So it is currently for sale in all good bookshops. And, and from every- your library. And everybody should get one and just give one to all of their friends because it's such a good Christmas present. Yeah, well, that's the hope, yeah. I, 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 something to read and something to gift. That's the idea. Catherine, thank you so much for chatting to us. That was super duper fun. And hopefully everybody will go out and get a bit of magic in their lives for Christmas. I hope so. 
So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. 13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.